They believe that getting rid of the Jews is a big step toward getting rid of all of the other marginalized and exploited groups, since according to this conspiracy theory, the Jews funded and encouraged them all. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Join us. Julie, you know what's been coming a lot in the news lately? Yes, Cindy, I do. Anti-Semitism. Well, you always know what I'm about to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) We all know what anti-Semitism is. It's bigotry, made up of negative beliefs and feelings about Jews as a religious or racial group. It's aggression, hostility or discrimination against them just because they're Jewish. And it's other negative acts that impact Jewish people's equal participation in political, cultural, or social life, like attacking synagogues or museums or even cemeteries just because they're Jewish or because they serve Jewish people in some way. Painting swastikas, a symbol of hatred toward Jews in public places. Yeah. It's really a specific kind of bigotry that has run very deep for a very long time. Centuries, as a matter of fact. It's one of the oldest forms of hatred. Yes. And we want to help understand the relationship of anti-Semitism to other forms of bigotry, racism, prejudice, and intolerance. Exactly. Most people understand that anti-Semitism is bigotry. A deeper look from the work of Eric K. Ward, for example, shows us that it's actually the foundation of a conspiracy theory about how the world works. I know that sounds really weird. Hang in there with us, okay? Yeah, so anti-Semitism works to maintain the systemic inequality behind other forms of bigotry and oppression as well which is the deep dive for today. Right. So Jews make up less than 2% of the total United States population, but they are the most frequent target of all reported anti-religious group hate crimes. Hate crimes that cause great harm to people just living their lives. People going to synagogue, eating in kosher restaurants, personal attacks and other hateful aggressive attacks are targeted at people just because they're Jewish, on a daily basis. And as you may have noticed, if you listen to the news, anti-Semitism is really important to the far right of our country. It brings white nationalist movements together, and it divides people who could band together as allies, but don't because of an underlying bias based on deeply held conspiracy theories about Jews. This particular brand of bigotry, anti-Semitism, works a lot like other kinds of unconscious bias, like racism. It focuses on a group who are othered, vilified, and scapegoated, blamed for the problems of all the other groups. I mean, seriously, Jews have been fetishized, dehumanized, and demonized. So much evil power has been attributed to them. There are literal memes that float around from time to time 
with famous Jewish people sporting red horns, for example. Jews are often linked with the devil or are depicted as an evil, inhuman race. Certain deeply rooted stereotypes and tropes about Jewish people keep breeding the anti-Semitism. They keep it going. Yeah, one of the most common is that Jews are secretly behind all of the problematic world events, including negative political events, and even that they're the cause of disease, war, and every other catastrophe brought on by man or nature. That is very powerful. It really is. <laughs> Jews can be amazing. Seriously. Not in a good way, though. <laughs> right, no. Another common stereotype is that Jews control the world's financial institutions and are, of course, cheap and greedy. Yeah. Jews are often made to seem untrustworthy or disloyal, especially that they're more loyal to Israel or other Jews than to their neighbor or their country. And anti-Semitism is not just apparent in the far right, although it is all over the far right. Mm -hmm. It appears throughout the spectrum of all kinds of people, religiously, racially, and politically, internationally to individually. Even social justice movements, believe it or not, show anti-Semitism, just like they can also hold racism or sexism or other kinds of conscious and unconscious biases against certain groups of people. Right. In addition to the systemic and structural prejudices that encourage anti-Semitism, the politics of Israel and Palestine, they just add to the troubles that people see with the Jews. Yeah, it's sometimes hard to separate what is and isn't anti-Semitic in criticism of Israel. A lot of arguments about that. Any state or government everywhere should be open to opposition views and nonviolent political action those are not necessarily anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah. Those arguments happen among Jews, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is clearly anti-Semitic to hate Israel, to hate a whole country, or to treat it differently just because it's predominantly Jewish, or to use words or images that associate all Jews to whatever Israel does. Also, there are Jewish people of many skin tones and from geographical, you know, varied geographical origins. The concept of race adds to problems for Jewish identity. In the United States, Jews have been put in a category of their own. Most Jews who came to the United States were from Central and Eastern European countries. Many came because of religious persecution in the 1800s. And then later during World War II, they were a big part of Hitler's target, obviously, in ethnic cleansing. So while the majority of Jews here have white skin, they're not considered fully white exactly. The whole race thing is really complicated, Cindy. <laughs> and I recently found out that there are at least 140,000 or so non-white Jews in the United States, people who do not identify as white, but most are seen as white, it's true. Yeah, and those, the white ones, or the, I don't know, the white looking ones. <laughs> Identifying. <laughs> they're considered white when they're needed as allies, but are quickly corrected or put in their place if they go too far in trying to access full equality. Yeah. Most Jews here in the United States check off the white box because it's where they learn to fit. And yet they're one of the primary targets of white supremacist groups. You'd think if they're white supremacists and Jews are white, that wouldn't be a problem. But clearly, if Jews are white, they're at the very, very bottom of the totem pole. Eric Ward points out the interesting idea that Jews are considered white so that white people have a scapegoat when things go wrong. For example, during the civil rights movement of the 60s and 70s, minorities made a lot of gains that white people didn't want them to, 
especially black and brown people who were seen as inferior. Yeah. So here's the tricky part. The story that anti-Semites came up with was that the civil rights movement was funded and supported by the Jews. They were in charge of it. In this way, whites didn't have to admit defeat to black people. That idea isn't tolerable. They'd rather blame Jews and see people of color as not adequate enough to be in charge. Being stabbed in the back by these lower people of their own supposed race was easier to swallow. Yeah. If you believe you're part of a superior race, as if that is a thing that actually exists because it doesn't, how else do you handle so-called inferior people making sense and gaining civil rights? So that's where the Jews come in, in their perfect spot, where they get to be blamed for advances made by any of the supposedly inferior marginalized people, people of color, women, immigrants, and people with disabilities. Right. That's what we're saying. How else could these inferior people make gains but by being a front for the Jews? That is their argument. That is a white supremacist argument. I know you might not believe us, but it is true. They believe that those other people are too dumb or weak to actually make those gains on their own. This is also one reason they mention the Jews as one of the first people that need to go. This is why the white supremacist march in Charlottesville had them chanting, Jews will not replace us. They believe that getting rid of the Jews is a big step toward getting rid of all of the other marginalized and exploited groups, since according to this conspiracy theory, the Jews funded and encouraged them all. A problem with this too, among many, is that since Jews sort of get a white stamp and maintain a lot of white privilege, even people who claim to be anti-racist or social justice warriors still believe that Jews aren't as threatened as other marginalized groups. But Ward maintains that Jews are the group most targeted. Well, and there's plenty of evidence out there to support his claim. Oh, yeah. Jews know what it feels like to be a minority at every turn. Yes, most do pass as white, unlike a black or brown person. They can hide their identity while walking around. Unless they wear a yarmulke or other Jewish giveaway, they pass in many settings. Yes. I mean, there are some features of people that may be seen as Jewish, but it's really hard to know if someone actually is. Although pretty anti-Semitic people make assumptions about that all the time. Anyway, the idea of passing, hiding their Jewishness for safety reasons, that's pretty upsetting, although it has happened, I mean, for generations, thousands of years, or not hiding it and risking being attacked. That's not really a great solution either. One of the first anti-Semitic acts I read about in the Philly newspaper at the start of the Trump administration was someone slamming a door to a coffee shop in a woman's face and saying something about, you people aren't safe anymore. She was wearing a Jewish Star of David around her neck. So Jews are seen as white unless they show their identity. If they go too far with that, it's unacceptable. Jews are safest when they don't identify themselves too obviously out on the street. If they do, then they may be subject to threats and hostility that are made in order to keep them in their place. And a big problem of all this, in addition to the fact that it seriously hurts a whole group of people, is that the underlying assumptions of the conspiracy theories against Jews make it impossible to solve the problems that Jews are blamed for, like the major problems in our financial and political systems and institutions. 
Right. And I'm not sure that the people who are doing the blaming really want to solve them necessarily. I think if we just simply blame the Jews, then we're never going to figure out what's going on and what to do about it. But that might be the goal. Another good point. Anti-Semitism distorts people's understanding of how the world really works, which is disastrous for all of us, since that will never help us find a way to repair the world, a concept actually very important to Jews. That's true. If you've followed along this far, and I hope you have, because it's really important, Ward shows us that anti-Semitism undermines democracy by undermining the true problems that we all need to face together as part of one race, the human race. And if you're interested to learn more, because this is a lot, Eric Ward is the executive director of the Western States Center and a senior fellow at the Southern Poverty Law Center and Race Forward. He's a nationally recognized expert on the relationship between authoritarian movements, hate violence, and preserving inclusive democracy. He makes the argument that anti-Semitism hurts all people, not just Jews. You can learn more about all of this and potential ways to be involved at splcenter.org or westernstatescenter.org and raceforward.org. Thanks for joining us. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shrinksonthird. Until next time, take care.